Tomorrow at 10 a.m. over on the south side, I'll be watching as the Steelers come out for their first OTA session. And I'll be watching all five zillion players that they have in the fold. Except, not really. I'm going to be watching one. Good morning to you. Good Monday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer Daily Shots of Penguins and Pirates. I am into George Pickens. This is the year, my friends, of George Pickens. This is the player that I want to watch from the first snap of the first OTA, and there are three of those this week, by the way, Tuesday through Thursday, officially. I want to watch his every step. I want to watch the routes that he's being tasked with running. I want to see if there's an expanded repertoire to it. I want to see if some of the people who whisper somewhat nefariously, I should add, that maybe he isn't all that great of a route runner or maybe he's not processing the routes or why he's running them or what to do in this situation or that situation. I want to see that because, honestly, my default mode is to not buy it. When you see someone who's got that much talent and gets that much done, I'm inclined to go with the athlete until proven otherwise. I want to see the camaraderie and the chemistry that's formed over time with Kenny Pickett, but I also want to see how he and Deontay Johnson interact with Allen Robinson, who's going to be the leader of this group, not Deontay. Deontay is actually pretty good at that role. You hear me say a lot of negative things about Deontay here. That's not one of them. He's a guy that's really respected in his room, but when Someone like Robinson comes along, <laughs> you know, you know who the leader is. Plus, Pickens and, and Robinson are more similar receivers. They're similar in stature. Um, they're similar in background, really. Deontay's, you know what he is. Deontay was always going to be the guy that looked like, I don't know, AB a- light. Is that fair? That's, that's not a shot. There's nobody who's AB. There's, there's only one Antonio Brown. But his his approach to the game, uh, his coming back to the quarterback, his uncanny ability to get open, that's his style. Pickens and Robinson are something else. But to that point, where do you put them? Where do you put them? Who's outside? Who's in the slot? Who's starting? Who's not? Now, not all of this is going to show up in an OTA, and I'll remind everybody that reporters are limited in terms of what we can share publicly about viewing any practice session, and that includes OTAs, unless it's confirmed by the participants, meaning that specific bit of information. I know that's annoying, and I know that's something that disappoints people. Believe me, nobody's more disappointed about that than the reporters themselves, but that's the rules. Doesn't mean that I can't watch it, that I can't process it, and that I can't share with you some general impressions over time as to what I think Pickens' role might be. And my hope for that is that he is nothing less than the number one receiver on this team. Number one. Not any questions, doubts, debates, who's the real number one, who's this, why is Deontay getting all these passes, why isn't George getting any? Here's what I know. 
As a rookie, Pickens had 52 catches for 801 yards. That was a 15.4 average. He had four touchdowns. All of that is to his credit, considering how he was misused or not used at all or just used as a decoy. Did you know that Pickens was assigned more straight-line routes, just go routes, than any receiver in the NFL by a mile in 2022? You know what that tells me? Matt Canada had no idea what to do with him. Just wanted to get him out of the mix so that other people could catch the ball. So even as I give credit to the player, I'll acknowledge that none of these numbers are anywhere near what they should have been, and what they have to be in 2023. I am of the opinion, and people ask a lot about Canada's future with the team. How many games do you think it'll be before they fire him? Uh, is Glenn Taylor the greatest potential offensive coordinator in human history? There's a zillion different ways to say that you want him fired. But the number one thing that should get him fired, if it comes to this, is another year of not having a clue as to what to do with a potentially elite receiver. It is not, I repeat, not the burden of the athlete to fit the coach's system. It is the other way around. If the Steelers have determined that you have the talent and the wherewithal to fit within their, their scheme, their family, their environment, then that decision's already been made. They already believe in Pickens. They wouldn't have drafted him where they did if they hadn't. So from there, it's incumbent on the individual coaches, the positional coaches, on the coordinator, more than anybody else, really, to make it happen. And within that, what I want to see, and again, this means starting bleeping tomorrow, is that Pickens is utilized in so many different ways that it'll actually throw him for a loop because you've got to find out what this kid can and, by the way, what he can't do. Remember when Martavis Bryant came around? He's the guy that's probably most often uh, Pickens' comparison point in Pittsburgh because of our, our memory of the things that Martavis could do. Martavis was seen as that guy. Sprint down the field. Straight line, go routes. Well, he could do that, and he could make it look like it was nothing. But what about all the other stuff he could do? You could just hand him the ball at the line of scrimmage, and he'd make magic out of it. And the more stuff that they had Martavis try, the greater he became. It was a sight to behold just on that count alone. So, let's find out. Don't wait till September or October to do it. Do it right now. When we come back, J1Q. Luxembourg, Garbett, Kelly, and George. LGKG is a personal injury law firm in Western Pennsylvania that represents people hurt in car accidents or who need help with workers' comp or medical malpractice. When the attorneys at LGKG make you a promise, they keep it. They've been keeping promises in our region for over 80 years. LGKG's been AV rated, the highest rating a law firm can receive, and they've been designated super lawyers. That's actually a thing for over 15 years. It's a rare 
combination. LG KG has offices in Cranberry, Newcastle, Beaver Falls, Butler, and Elwood City. Learn more about them by visiting lgkg.com or by calling 888-842-5454. LG KG. Today's J1Q comes from Stephen. A lot of people wrote about my really poorly informed uh, <laughs> gambling slash betting episode, which, by the way, I did preface by telling you that I knew nothing about gambling. But what I did on that show, for anyone who missed it, was go over the various odds listed for the four teams in the AFC North of who had the best chance or the worst chance to finish first. The Steelers were by far at the bottom of that list. Stephen writes, DK, not that you have any interest in knowing this, but the odds are just a way of driving money to be spread evenly. The house wants to set the odds in such a way that the winners are paid by the losers, of course, minus their cut. This is how they work to maintain their profit. So in this example that you gave, by putting the odds very high on the Steelers, you're giving folks that bet the incentive to spend on the Steelers. As the higher the odds, the better the payout. It speaks more to better's behavior than the Steelers' ability. That's fine, Stephen. I was actually at least peripherally aware of that. And I, I believe I might have even spoken something to that effect in that segment. But the fact of the matter is, the Steelers are still dead last in that particular forecast, however it was that it played out. And unlike forecasts that are made just, you know, by an individual here or there or someone in my profession, this is like everybody who's putting money on it. And it just comes with a different feel. It tells you that there is a consensus that the Steelers will finish last. Last. Behind the Browns. I, I, I don't... I don't get that. I don't get how you watch a team. Uh, here I go again, but just again, for anybody who missed it, I don't get how you watch a team that was basically in an everything except acknowledged rebuild going through trying to find a new quarterback. They start off so miserably that you don't even recognize that they have an offense. They finish nine and seven, but they finish that because of a seven and two roll. They have this wonderful draft. They have all these young weapons on offense, which should be the better's main concern. And and last? Yeah, I'm sorry to everybody who wrote and tried to explain what this process is. I, I get it, and I, and I appreciate it. I really do. It's not something in which I plan to take an active interest in at any point in my life. But it was fascinating, actually, with some of the stuff that people explained. But this is dumb, okay? This is just flat out dumb. And since, as Stephen reemphasizes here, the bettors are trying to lure you into betting on the Steelers, and you don't do it in this circumstance, then you're probably never going to participate in sports gambling either. Meaning it'll just be me and you, I think, at this point who won't be doing it. 
because this feels like the easiest money anyone can ever make in sports betting. I do not foresee this football team taking a backward step in 2023, and that's what would have to happen here. Make no mistake. They would have to take a backward step, maybe a really big backward step for this to happen. Show me, show me, please, which facet of this team is poised for a backward step. I appreciate the cue. I appreciate everybody who wrote about this. I appreciate everybody who listens to Daily Shot of Steelers, but I'm going to appreciate it a lot more when I'm over at the facility again tomorrow with all of the main actors in this particular play. Let's do it again then.